Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Lancashire Football Show. I'm your host, Ashley Edwards, and joining me again this week, I have Ben, Matt and Callum. Thank you as always for the support so far. This week has been a bigger week than, than most and you're going to find out shortly why. Uh, last week, our biggest talking points focused around Blackburn and Bradley Dack, as well as Morecambe and their former player, Kevin Ellison. However, this week, our biggest talking points are... Another terrific win for Morecambe, which sees the Shrimps six points clear in the playoff positions and only two points from the automatic spots. A difficult game next Saturday against table toppers Cheltenham Town. Derek Adams will be hoping his side can strengthen their promotion push. Dion Charles earned himself an international call-up for Northern Ireland after a great season at Atkinson Stanley. We look at just how important it is for the Reds and just how far he can go. And finally, after their fourth loss in five games, Preston North End sacked the Scotsman Alex Neil. And that is the biggest news for this week. Alex Neil will be our biggest soft point. But before we go there, we're going to kick it off, as always, in League Two with Morecambe. Matt, it's a big week for Morecambe coming up. And I mean, it could really sort of give us a good idea where they're going to finish as well, couldn't it? Yeah. Now, before I start, I just want to say a big thanks to Walshie for stepping in for me last week. Greatly appreciated. And I thought he did a fantastic job. Um yeah, Morecambe, another fantastic win for them. Um, they're, they're certainly on the rise, aren't they? Um, a difficult place to go, Harrogate. I think they've got one of the best forms in, in the league this year. Um, so to go there and win 1-0, um, whilst also playing with 10 men for 15 minutes of the game, um, it's a very great, well, it's a, a very good result for, for Derek Adams' side, un, un, undoubtedly. Yeah, it was, it was a good victory. Um, I think... If you look at Harrogate, most people probably didn't expect him before the season started to to be where they are. And, and let's be honest, they, they kind of could be outside um, playoff contenders. So it's another big win for Morecambe, but it, it's a huge week coming up. Yeah, they've got Cheltenham Town, aren't they? Top of the table, who have also had a fantastic season. Um, I think if we look back at the, the Harrogate game, the um, the Shrimps could easily have gone in at half-time, you know, 3-0 up. They had... Plenty of, of, of really strong chances um, and unfortunately for them, they, they didn't capitalise on them. Now, on another day, um, if the opposition, no disrespect to Harrogate, but if the opposition were more clinical, then it could have been a completely different outcome. But um, but no, um, like we say, a good win for them, which will uh, give them more confidence going into that Cheltenham game. Now, like the, the previous week, they don't have a midweek fixture um, which will really help them in terms of recuperating and, and getting ready for the game. So that stands in, in their advantage, uh, no question. Yeah, like like I was saying then, Matt, I think obviously they play Cheltenham uh, next Saturday and then I think it's Good Friday. They, they actually face Cambridge as well, who are currently definitely they're in the top three um, of League Two. So definitely going to be hard fixtures. But if you look at the fixtures after that one, after those two, sorry, they play uh, a lot of the teams that are fighting for their lives at the bottom of the league. Now, while that's not always a good thing, you've got to look at it on paper and think, say if Morecambe can say, even if they take three points from, from a possible six in the next two, it's huge, really. And it, like I said, it could shape the season. Definitely. Yeah, they're, like you say, on paper, they're, they're, they're winnable games. But as we, as we all know, and as we've said plenty of times on this podcast, um, there's no easy game, is there? Anything can happen, as we know. Um, I think Jan Songo uh, will be a miss for the team. Obviously, he's been banned for, for six matches for his homophobic comments against Tramia Rovers, I think it was. Um, now, he's already served two, uh, plus the one game that he missed yesterday. So, three more games that he'll be missing. Um, now, Alex Kenyon came back in. He's kind of been phased out a little bit. He's not really been in Derek Adams' plans, I don't think. But uh, Kenyon came back in yesterday and did a tremendous job. So, I think that really 
um, you know, reiterates the strength in depth that, that Derek Adams has. And when you look at the, the remaining games this season, it's only a positive for the uh, for the Morecambe manager. As a sort of final point for, for Morecambe, when they played Cheltenham earlier on in the season, they won 2-1. Uh, but when they played Cambridge, they actually lost 5-0. How much have they changed since then? I think there are... I think they're stronger. I think they're a lot more difficult to beat. Um, you look at the games that they've lost um, in recent times, uh, i.e. the Newport game, you could argue that if they didn't go down to, to 10 men so early on, then it wouldn't have been a 3-1 game. Um, uh, it's just, I, I, I think they know what they're, more, they know what they're about a lot more now. Um, the way they set up, um, they, they do not make it easy for their uh, for their opponents. So, I think it's fair to say every game that Moore can play now, um, there's got to be a feeling of, um, you know, they could win any game for the, well, out of the, the remaining games that they've got this season. So, yeah, they, they parked the, the previous results. Like you say, the 5-0 was uh, was a shocker. Uh, but they'll learn from it. You know, they'll move on and they'll, um, they'll, they'll be hoping for revenge in the coming weeks. Cal, just to bring you in finally before we move on, you know, Matt just mentioned that Moore can have progressed and, and got stronger. Do you think, you know, the... There's quality is important, but do you think mentally they're they're in a better place as well? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of that is to do with the, the sort of consistency they're showing, and I think if you can stay mentally strong in in the battle to to finish in the playoffs that they're in and potentially automatic, I think yeah, that's definitely a help. So I think yeah, I think definitely going to be an exciting finish uh, for Morecambe with with the next week being a big factor to that as well. Moving over to League One now, Ben, we're going to go to Accrington Stanley first. And Dion Charles got a ball up, didn't he, this week? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and, it, you know, what a great achievement for him in terms of a call to the Northern Ireland squad. Now, it's been in the works for, for a few weeks now. And I think they play Italy and Bulgaria. So, you know, what two good, well, mainly Italy, a good country to, to go and test yourself against to earn yourself some international caps. And, Yes, Dion Charles, he isn't Northern Irish. He has a grandparent that's Northern Irish, but we've seen so often that that, that is the case nowadays. Um, I, I just want to look at his sort of impact for Aki this season. Now he's got he's got thirty sorry he's got seventeen goals in thirty two League One games, so just in the League One um, this season. He scored one of those yesterday in a three one win against Wigan, and, that, and that's three Saturdays in a row uh, that he's actually scored in. Now, comparing that to last season, obviously I know there's there's a little bit of the season to go, but last season in total, he only scored eight goals uh, in the league. So it's a huge improvement. And I think it shows something when, you know, Morecambe's, well, Burnley's, um, Adam Phillips came in in January and so far, Dion Charles is, is kind of keeping his spot. And, and when Phillips does play, he's having to, to drop deeper into a sort of attacking midfield role. So... I think yeah, it's a great a great achievement for Dion Charles. Ben, just focusing on on the game yesterday, um, John Coleman described it as the biggest win of the season. Um, how imperative could this win be when you know when it comes down to to the end of the campaign in May? Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it, in terms of take every game at a time, but that's exactly what it is for Accrington. And in terms of yesterday, they fell behind within one minute, and and by the third minute, they, they were back on level terms, which. I think shows a real character. Obviously, they've been in a, a little bit of a dip um, previous to this. Now, 
I don't want to say that Dion Charles is the only person that scores goals for him because that's that's certainly not the case. But if you look at um, next Saturday, they, they travel away to Peterborough. Now Peterborough are one of the top sides in the league in terms of the league, uh, in terms of league positions. Now it's going to be difficult for them to to get something from that game. I'm not saying they won't, but I do think they'll miss Dion Charles. And in terms of saying yesterday was the biggest one of the season. I think it's certainly the biggest win of the season so far. In terms of the season that's left, they've got games now that, again, take every game at a time and, and see what points you can end up on. And do you think that they will make the playoffs? I mean, in my opinion, I, I, obviously it goes without saying, we all want to see Aki up there and, and in the championship next season. That would be brilliant. But in my opinion, I think they'll just miss out. I don't think... Well, I think the, the the two injury hit this season. Um, you know, John Coleman said a lot about it, hasn't he? Um, and and you look at the games before the the win yesterday. They lost three on the bounce. Um, do you think that they could still snatch that last uh, playoff place, or do you think it's a, a case of of looking ahead to next season now? In my opinion, they could still do it because yes, they're twelve, but they're only three points off Charlton in six, which is obviously the, the last. Um, playoff place now that's what six gap six places in the league table gap um, and only three points it's it's outstanding really like how tight the actual league is I think certainly what I need to do is just focus on themselves like I said ju- just keep winning games just keep picking up points and and hope that the others around you that are also buying for the playoffs your your Ipswiches your Portsmouth obviously Portsmouth have a new manager now but just hope that they drop points and, and hope that you can sneak in there now. Whether they will or not, yes, we'll wait and see. But if I was to call it, I would say they'll just miss out. I think it's key to highlight uh, Dion Charles as well because he's, he's a Preston-born lad. He's played for two of our Lancashire clubs in Blackpool and Fleetwood previously, even though he didn't actually feature in their in their first team in, in, in any games. He spent a lot of time out on loan. Um, do you think with his form this season, Ben, do you think there's a chance some teams maybe at the lower end of the championship they'll be looking at bringing him in yes yeah certainly people that lack strike power now off the top of my head I can't really think but Cal obviously you're, you're a West Midlands boy or, or a Midlands lad I should say now Birmingham we know they're not putting the ball in the back of the net someone like Birmingham Dion Charles could do a job at however for Aki's sake I hope he stays because I think He's, he's clearly building his career up and while I do think he could go on to bigger and better things, I don't want him to, to sort of make the big jump because it is a big jump from League One to Championship. I don't want him to make that jump and fail and then be floundering in League One. Now, I think just one point I want to raise before we finish the, the sort of segment is if you look at the players that Dion Charles is going to play with next week, all the forwards, interestingly, in the squad are from the Football League, um, which is outstanding. Um, but I think if you look at around the, around the squad, you've got Stephen Davis, um, Johnny Evans, Craig Cathcart, and him a few. These are all experienced players that Charles can use to develop his own game. And I think it'll do him good and possibly Atkinson, because obviously you never know if he comes back and he's picked up a few tricks or whatever. Um, even if he doesn't make I'll play many minutes. It's still great for him, great for the club, and I think it can only go upwards from here for him. Let's hope he doesn't slow down any time soon, and he, he can help Aki finish on a high, as they've uh, 
they've done really well this season. I think that's key to highlight every time we talk about them. Um, moving over to to the other Lancashire teams in in the league, I mean Fleetwood have had a bit of a reality check this week, but they are still only six points off the playoffs. Does he have the consistency to to be up there? Cal, we spoke about it last week uh, about consistency and, and and their manager now. Do you think they have that still? Yeah, I think they do. I think you look at it like Ben touched on that the teams are really close and teams can drop points, teams can get. You don't. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, and I also don't think every game's an expectation to win for Fleetwood. So I wouldn't exactly say it's a reality check. I think anyone can beat anyone in League One. And I think Swindon showed that they've jumped from bottom of the league to 19th. And I think for Fleetwood, it, it was just, well, they've been on a great run. So I think their run needed to come to an end at some point. What what does the result yesterday do for Fleetwood's um, mentality? Because a team pushing for the playoffs can't afford to drop points against the bottom of the league. No, but I also don't think... It matters too much when you look at where they are in the league because they have gone from sort of the depths of 17th to 18th. I know they're 15th, but when you think of the points they're on, it's only six points off sixth place. So I don't think mentality-wise it should rough them up too much. I think with a, with another couple of wins in, in 11th, 12th place and then be going back to what we said last week. Yeah, I think it's just, just to pick up on the back of, of your point there, Carl. I think... It's important to notice just how tight League One is it, you know, this season. It's it truly is remarkable because we've seen Fleetwood pick up what three, four wins in, in recent weeks and and now now well I won't say they're flying, but they're flying compared to where they were previously and the fact that we can even talk about them as playoff contenders when I think it was maybe two, three weeks ago we were talking about them as making sure they avoid relegation now. That again just shows how tight the league is. So I think for Fleetwood this season it is ultimately it's still about survival because that's what Grayson was brought in to do. They were having a poor season under Barton, Barton left, um, and Grayson came in and he's kept them up. He's definitely going to keep them up. And now it's just a case of how high can they actually finish? Because as we know, the higher you finish, the more money you get. Um, every league place is worth something. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's more about finishing a res- finishing in a respectable position for Fleetwood rather than surviving. I think. 15th is probably just below respectable. I'd say, you know, 12th, 13th is respectable considering they made the playoffs last season. So I think if they can finish a little bit above where they are now, I think it's a respectable finish. And I think they probably are just a little bit better than surviving. Although, yeah, you are right. I suppose that is what Grayson wants to do. And just before we move over to Blackpool, I think it's key to note that their next, Fleetwood's next game is massive. They've got Burton who are, who are below them. And the reason it's massive is because after that, they've got Peterborough, who I think uh, third or second in the league. like that. So it's a must-win game, is, is that game. Um, but we'll see come next Saturday. Moving over to, to Blackpool now. I mean, they won this weekend, but they, they keep drawing. You know, Matt, what do you think they're missing? Why can't they turn those draws into wins at the minute? I don't know, to be honest. But I think if they are to... To, to get into those playoff positions, they do need to start converting those draws into wins, don't they? Um, I think because I was concerned about the draws. I, I was, you know, thinking if they keep drawing, then they are going to slip out of favour. But if we look at the statistics, 
they've still got to be considered one of the favourites to sneak into the playoffs. I don't know if you lads know, but they're, they're nine unbeaten. They've, they've got four straight away wins, one defeat in 13, eight clean sheets in 12, six conceded in the last 13, and only three points from the playoffs. All with a game, or games, should I say, in hand. That is fantastic form. And like you say, if they do start converting those draws to wins, then, you know, it would be you'd be a fool not to to expect them to, to be in those playoff positions come the end of the season. Yeah, and added to that, Matt, and the fact that they've got Gary Medine ready to come back now. Gary Medine is a, is a fantastic League One striker at what he does. He holds the ball up well. And, you know, he, put, he puts people in behind. So, not only him, they've got other players to come back from injury. And I do think come the end of the season, it wouldn't surprise me to see him sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I think the the effect that Neil Critchley has had on, on the team, I think... Um, I think it'd be fair to say that they, they would deserve it and it would be absolutely huge for them after the, the past however many years of misery that they've had with obviously the, the previous owners. I think it would be huge if they could get into those playoff positions. And as we all know, once you're in those playoffs, it's, it's a bit of a lottery. So who knows? Just a final point. I just mentioned Fleetwood have Peterborough in two games time. Blackpool actually have them next up. A, a win there would be huge. For Blackpool, and it'd be a real statement, uh, you know, to to back up your point there, Matt. That Blackpool uh, are in this playoff place, and I mean, if you look at the table, they're sat in tenth. A lot of people will be thinking they're not there, but you look at the points and the games, and and it's it's massive. Yeah, I just want to finish by saying, obviously, we've we've talked about Peterborough a lot there. Um, yeah, they're a good side, and it's it's a minimalistic comment, but one of our Lancashire sides from non-league in, in Chorley beat them in the FA Cup in round two, so. I think that kind of gives teams hope of the fact that there's there's nothing to fear in Peterborough. You know, a non-league side not to want the FA Cup, and I know it's a one-off, but you know, just go at them, just just go and try and get the three points. Both teams were to go and nick points off Peterborough. I think that could maybe put their season in doubt, and it'd be give opportunity to, to teams around there to push in there. Um, but hopefully, Blackpool. I think it's safe to say Blackpool probably our favourites at the minute to get into that playoff picture. Moving over to the Championship now, our biggest talking point coming up now is PNE, Preston North End. They've, as of recording, they've sacked their manager about an hour ago, Alex Neil. He's gone. Uh, Cal, I'm going to come to you for your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think, in my personal opinion, it's probably something that needed to happen. You know, you look at the, 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 the wretched run of form they've been on, I think it had to happen. And, you know, there is an argument of whether he, he lost the dressing room Ryan Ledson's comments say otherwise, but I think it's probably clear to see that there needed to be a change and, you know, they're halfway through that change now with making the first step by sacking him. And, I mean, it's it's their fourth loss in five. I know it was only a 1-0 loss to Luton, but a loss is a loss. And when, you, when you're having 20, goal, 20 shots had against you and you're only putting two shots on target yourself in a game, that is, is really poor. And they've lost 60% of their games recently and... It's it's definitely a, a, a sacking that needed to happen. I, re, I I think it is. It was really interesting to see the comments from from Ryan Ledson as you touched on there, Cal. Um, he came out and said that it's rubbish to be honest. I want him to stay. I know all the lads want him to stay. I feel sorry for him. We haven't been good enough. He must be standing on the sideline and thinking, what more can I do now? 
that was interesting enough. But and then if you heard what Alex Neal himself said after the game, it was almost like the tone of a dead man walking. He came out after the game and said, um, you know, after the interview, I'll probably crawl under my bed for a few days, hope nobody sees me, and then hope the world is a better place in a couple of days' time. That, for a manager under pressure, that just tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's, I think it also... I think it talks that shows a lot about the toxicity of social media at the moment, and obviously we we saw a lot, a hell of a lot of uh, abuse directed at Alex Neal online. Now I don't think he actually has a Twitter account himself, uh, not that I'm aware of, but you know some of the comments weren't they weren't acceptable really, and I think a lot of Preston fans, to be fair to him, have actually flagged it up and said, you know, this needs to stop, and Alex Neal. Wasn't a bad guy at all. Um, you know, he, he's not for me someone that even if I was a Preston fan, I would dislike at the moment. It, it's just a case of I think I've said it before. It, it went stale. You know, there was nothing going to happen in terms of positivity around Deepdale, and it was time for him to move on. I think you're right, Cal. Yeah, and, and Cal, if we look at the form this season, obviously they've they've lost twenty out of thirty-eight games, drawing five and winning thirteen. Where do they go from here? It's imperative for Preston North End now that they make a, a solid appointment because as a club, they really can't afford to, you know, make a, an average appointment and then be in the same position come, you know, September, October, a couple of months into the new season. I think, yeah, I, I do I do still think they'll stay up. A lot of Preston fans might be thinking, you're crazy with them being in such poor form. But I do, you know, even if they don't, appoint someone for another week or two or however long it takes. I still do think they, they'll they stay up. They're nine points above the bottom three and I think that's just possibly about enough when they're probably going to be able to pick up a few points in that time. But no, I, I think, yeah, he had to go and I, I don't think... There will be obviously a, a percentage of Preston fans that wanted him to stay, of course, but I, I just think it probably was about the right time and yeah, like you say, Matt, it's it's crucial who they get in. And I'm just thinking what you guys think, who, who you guys think will uh, will step in. Well, they, they've come out already and said that they're actually not going to appoint anyone till the end of the season. Um, they're putting a lot of the coaching staff in charge that have been at the club for years, as well as um, Paul Gallagher, who obviously is a, a club legend um, at Deepdale now. That's OK, as long as they stay up. But yeah, the appointment is crucial and... Just for me, it has to be someone experienced in terms of... We look at where they finished last year, they finished ninth. Now, a club that's progressive surely wants to finish in the playoffs next season. So someone that is experienced in getting teams to the playoffs or you know, at least challenging for them. Now, in, rather than going for a younger coach and, and someone who... you know, Neil Critchley at Blackpool, we, we touched on it, he came from Liverpool's under-23s. I don't think someone like that would work at Preston. Do you think it will be a case of, of opting for a manager from the so-called manager merry-go-round? I mean, you look at the, the likes of Mark Hughes and, and Tony Pulis um, and even Eddie Howe. I, I know, obviously, he's, he's not really part of that so-called manager merry-go-round. But is it a case of, of, of selecting a name from you know the, the same kind of list? Or do you think they'll go a bit, you know far right or, or or pick somebody who who isn't as expected to be on a shortlist of a, a managerial vacancy? Well, as the expert, I'll, I'll let Cal sort of go for this, but just to throw my uh, tuppence in there, I think 
what what I would like Preston to do and who I think they will appoint are two different things entirely. I just think touching on something Ben said, they finished ninth last season and they are a progressive club. And I look I looked at Preston a year ago and they were a team I'd have thought in a year or two's time could be, you know, in the Premier League or winning the playoffs and that's just not happened and obviously that's that's ultimately why Neil's gone. I do think they'll opt for someone English. I think they'll go with an Eddie Howe type figure. I'm not sure whether it will be Eddie Howe and I don't know if it will be Tony Pulis. I, don't, I think, I mean, Michael of Birmingham, I think when we when we sacked Ito Karanka, there was a lot of people talking about getting Tony Pulis in there and I think that wouldn't have been a, a fantastic option. He went to Sheffield Wednesday in the season and he was there for a matter of weeks and that just went terribly. And I, I just don't think for Preston he'd be the right man. Potentially someone like Mark Hughes yeah, could work, but I, I do think it would be someone English and I think what whoever comes in, I think needs to get Preston back to to challenging the sort of top 12, top 10 of that league because that's probably where, that is where I do see Preston North End. I don't think they will go for someone off the, the merry-go-round. I think genu- I think they will go for a manager from a League One club, perhaps towards the top end of the division. Um, what I just want to say is I want to play devil's advocate here and say, well, maybe, maybe not even devil's advocate, I just want to mention the point that it isn't just Alex Neal... Yes, it, we've, we've said it was the right time for him to go. It should, it's been coming for weeks, but the board stitched him up in January in terms of selling the best players and not replacing them. Now, whoever comes in, who, whatever name it is on, on, the, on the team sheet, on the, on the manager's office, on the manager's desk, um, whoever it is needs backing because simply the squad isn't good enough at the minute. I think you look at the brought in players who maybe have individually performed well. I know Chad Evans came in and caused a lot of backlash, but he's got the line well up front. But the players aren't gelling. And I think it's crucial now that the next manager gets backed and he's able to bring in probably a lot of players to suit his or her playing style. You touch on the uh, the issues with the owner. Do you think it's an attractive position for a manager looking for a job? Or do you think it's almost like a, a bit of a poison chalice? For me, I don't want to describe it as a poison chalice because North End aren't, aren't a badly run club. You know, we, we've seen a lot of clubs in recent years, especially in the North, who who are badly run. They, they run to the ground and, and almost out of extinction. Where, whereas North End are just very careful with the money. Um, I think the, the transfer record is still from 2004, even though they, they've come from sort of, you know, bottom league one to, to well, we were near the top of championship. Um, and I think that, that just needs to change. It, it's not a poison chalice of a job. It's just a, a job that, a job that needs change and a job that needs a strong manager to go in and say, look, we aren't going to get anywhere without, without investing. I don't think it's as toxic as people are making out, though. I don't think... You know, yeah, it's not a badly run club and I think it is just a club that have let a manager stay in his role for, for too long and they've they've plummeted and I think that's where they've ended up. And I think potentially someone who comes in, yeah, gets a bit more back in than Neil had, but someone comes in, I think they can reach the heights of where they were, you know, finishing ninth, 
I do think they can get back there. I'm just looking at a couple of names here. I think potentially, like you said, Ben, someone from the top end of League One, maybe Michael Appleton, Appleton could be a name they they look look at and potentially potential. I know he's another Scotsman and he's he's not long been sacked and this could this could be an awful suggestion. But Neil Lennon could could be a name they they'd look to. Probably not. But there is a lot of people out there and especially one would probably be my favourite if I was a Preston fan, would probably be Neil Harris. I know he was at Millwall and Cardiff and you could you could argue that he took those two as especially Millwall he he saw he sort of took those two as far as he, he could take them, but I just think he would fit them and I, and I think yeah, I, I think he maybe wasn't given a, a fantastic chance at Cardiff and yeah, potentially one of those few names. Could, could be I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention my the final comment from me on this. If I was Preston Northend's board, I would bust a gut to get Neil Warnock. He, he is exactly what Preston Northend aren't, and in terms of Northend at the moment, from board level downwards, are a club that are accepting mediocrity, and mediocrity is never good. Mediocrity always leads to a downward spiral, which we're seeing them in at the minute. Warnock's a strong manager who has vast experience. He knows what he's doing. He would make the board back him. And I think with backing, he would get Preston to where they need to be or where they want to be. Now, that's a, it's an incredibly bold shout. Maybe you don't agree with it, but that's my that's my pick. It won't happen, though. It won't happen. Yeah, I don't think it will. And I think whether he stays at Middlesbrough past this season, I don't think it, I just don't think it will. I think... He's, he's probably going to stay at Middlesbrough. I don't think Middlesbrough are, are going to make the playoffs this season. But even if he stays next next season, that could be something for Middlesbrough to look at. I mean, they're they're ninth at the moment, and I think I don't think it will be Warnock. But I can see the sort of the, the sort of philosophy you're going with. I think they probably do need maybe a manager who knows what he's doing to get them back up to where they've been. But then on the flip side, they might opt for more of a manager who they can look to get on a long-term deal and they can sort of build the whole club around. Like they obviously plan to with uh, with Alex Neil. I think no matter what they do, they've got to appoint a manager that's going to change things because they've been for many years a comfortable championship club, um, never really pushed for promotion as of such, never really flirted with relegation too much. But I think if they make a, a poor appointment, they, they are going to become a team that flirt with relegation. And speaking of relegation fights, it might be a bit early to, to say, but Norwich, Swansea, Brentford are their next three. They're all in the top four. It's not going to get any easier for Preston North End, in my opinion, but we'll see as the weeks pass. Um, just touching on Blackburn briefly, they've not a lot really going on there at the minute. I mean, they drew with Norwich, which is you know a good result for, for Blackburn. Wickham up next, Cowler. Any anything big on on Blackburn at the minute? I don't I don't think so. I think obviously since their bad run, they've had a couple of draws. Obviously Bristol City and Norwich, not terrible results. Especially the one against Norwich is a good point. Not many teams can beat them at the minute, but I think for Blackburn, I don't think they'll go down. And I think it is probably just about consolidating around where they are. They're fifteenth potentially, trying to get up to to twelfth, thirteenth. I think that could be a realistic aim. They are. They are four points behind Luton in 13th, so there is quite a gap. But I, I don't think they'll go down. And I think the pressure's probably been took off Tony Mowbray slightly in the last week or two with the with the two draws. 
that's just sort of gave them a bit of breathing space. But I do think it could be something Rovers revisit in the off-season if they feel like a change is needed. I don't know whether the, the pressure Neil's been under at Preston has probably parked the bus with Mowbray as well in, in, in Blackburn, I think. Yeah, Wickham next. Well, you'd look to that being a win. Bournemouth aren't in the, the best form either. So they've got Wickham and Bournemouth. Could be four points in the next two for Blackburn. And then I think that's their season pretty much done. And I think they can sort of just look ahead to next season after that. Touching on the draw against Norwich City, I think that was a tremendous result for them. I really do, given the form that they have been in. Um, and I think it's fair to say... Um, in Blackburn's defence, they were very, very unlucky not to win the game. They, they could easily have snatched it at the end. Um, and you could argue that it's, you know, if they, if they had have, have taken all three points, it would have been something that they uh, that, that, that they very much deserve. Now, looking ahead, like you say, they've got Wickham Wanderers. Um, very important not to uh, not to underestimate Wickham. Um, I mean, obviously they, you know, Blackburn and Preston both in poor. Poor runs of form, really, in the past couple of months. Now, Wickham beat Preston, um, and I think that could be a bit of a, a learning curve almost for Blackburn, not to underestimate them. Um, I think they saw what Wickham did to Preston, and then they'll think, no, we don't want any piece of that. Let's uh, let's go and do a job and hopefully kickstart a, a, what could hopefully be a positive end to the season for Tony Mowbray's men. Carl, just a final point on Blackburn. Um, I mean, you can look at it one way. They've, you know, in the last four games, three of them have been unbeaten. None of them have been a win, though. The Wickham game could really sort of change the output on the end of the season, really for them. And it's, it's. I think going to the Mowbray point that we spoke about the other week. I think you know they're fifteenth, Preston North End is sixteenth, and you know we're saying Preston could be in a relegation fight. Does that tell you enough to say Mowbray can probably comfortably stay at Blackburn ready for the new season? I wouldn't say comfortably, but at the moment, probably yes. I think a win against Wickham would be probably an expected result. And well, they, they after drawing to Norwich, I know the championship's similar to League One in the sense that anyone can beat anyone. You know, Wickham have beat Preston, like Matt said. But I do think if they're strong enough to draw against Norwich, who are a fantastic side, I think they can probably just about beat Wickham. And then who knows for Bournemouth in the following game. So I think he can potentially look ahead to... To definitely be in there till the end of the season, but whether he's there at the start of next season, I still think Blackburn could make a change, but we'll see. Yeah, just to finish, I, I completely agree. I think in terms of Blackburn, it's sort of the same as Preston, but not as much in terms of going stale. Blackburn, we touched on. Let's be Blackburn are a bigger club than Preston and, and need to be further up the league than Preston. Um, personally, I do think it's time for a change come the end of the season. It won't happen before then now um, because even though there's only a two-point difference at the minute, I do see Blackman sort of pulling away from P&E as, as the weeks go by, especially we've talked about the Wickham next. Um, but yeah, I still think it's time for a change come the end of the season and whether that happens again, who knows? Yeah, we'll see come the end of the season. Um, it'd be interesting to maybe get a Blackman's point of view come the end of the season, whether they want more bread to stay or not, that's something we can definitely look into. Moving over to the Premier League now, finally, Ben. Burnley haven't played for eight days and, and they're not going to play until the 4th of April because of the international break and because of, of the, the Cups going on. What's the latest for them? 
Yeah, like you said, Ash, not much going on for Burnley, um, and they won't be for a few weeks, purely because just just how the schedules um, sat. In terms of sort of England call-ups, obviously we've got Nick Pope in, in between the sticks for England, and, and hopefully um, for his sake and for Burnley's sake, he, he can actually start the games now that Jordan Pickford um, isn't playing. They've also got Dwight McNeil in the under-21 setup, which is good for him. Um, and I think while McNeil won't be going to the Euros, we touched on it last week, um, it's, it's a case of for him trying to build towards maybe getting in there next season. Um, and just one, one final point I'd like to make, obviously, because we aren't going to talk about Burnley as much for the next few weeks, so I'd, I'd just like to have this discussion. Is James Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky and possibly Ben Mee, are they, are they unlucky not to be in the England squad, given the fact that we're seeing players like Tyrone Mings and Connor Cody getting. Now, for me personally, the, the, both of them are definitely better than at least Tyrone Mings. It's a very good point, Ben. I think one of the, the biggest sources of, of frustration for Burnley fans this week has been the uh, the obvious exclusion of James Tarkovsky from the England squad. Now, there's a lot of talk amongst their fans of, does he need to move to a, a bigger club to get an England call-up? Now, I can see the logic behind that, but I, I think if that is the case, it's absolute nonsense for me. I think it doesn't matter who you play for, as long as you're playing well. And like you say, for me, James Tarkovsky is well above the quality of Tyrone Mings. No disrespect to Tyrone Mings. I think he's a, a good defender. But I, I think Tarkovsky is he, he just quite simply a better player. Now, if you're telling me that for him to get involved in the England setup, that he's got to move to, you know, a Leicester City or a, or a West Ham United, it's absolute nonsense. Yeah, I think you're right, Matt, in terms of... It's happened for years, we've seen with England, in terms of big club bias. Now, there's, there's plenty of bottom half Premier League um, players that are more than good enough to get in the England squad and aren't doing. Now, yes, Aston Villa are having a good season, but... Without making this uh, an I don't like Aston Villa fan page, I, I, I think Tyrone Wings is purely in the setup because Gareth Southgate used to play for Villa. Uh, it, that's my honest opinion. Um, I, I don't think he's even a good a good defender. Um, but I'll let you guys discuss that. And obviously, it's only a minor talking point, so we'll keep it brief. I think what what you've got to look at is, I mean, I was thinking of their ages. I thought Tyrone Wings would be younger than he was. He's 28. The exact same age as James Tarkowski. And now what I'd be looking at if I was England manager, obviously I'm not, I'm a student journalist, but they're both obviously Premier League defenders, but James Tarkowski has, bar one game, played twice as many Premier League games uh, than Tyrone Mings. Obviously a lot more experience. Um, I think Tarkowski's got 43 clean sheets compared to Mings's 19. Obviously Mings has played less games, but what you've got to look at is that Tarkowski is an experienced Premier League defender at this point. 150 appearances in the Premier League. You can't argue with that. I think the issue with Ben Mee is that Southgate's looking for younger players. He don't. He seems to doesn't like to seem to pick players who are over 30. I think the obvious ones you you can look at is sort of Jamie Vardy. Um, I think Jordan Henderson's. I can't remember exactly what his age is, but he's he's one of the more senior players as well. So I can understand why Ben Mee maybe isn't included, but I think for James Tarkowski not to be included, I think it's really unfair. I think it'll be interesting to see the Euro squad come uh, at the end of the season. Hopefully Southgate will be considering 
James Tarkowski at least. Um, I think if he's not first reserve, um, then I don't know who who he'll have. Knowing Southgate, it'll be someone like Phil Jones, which is a travesty for the England squad. Um, thank you to Tell Ben. The Dragons to be England number one backup. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Ben, Matt, and Callum uh, for joining me this week. We'll be we'll be back again next week. If you want to get involved and have any talking points that you want us to discuss, then feel free to get in touch. Um, all of our Twitter accounts will be in the podcast description. And just to note, as always, that our theme music that you can hear at the start and at the end of this podcast, as well as in the breaks between the leagues, is by a group called The Cabs. Uh, you can check out all of their social media pages in the description of this podcast. This is the Lancashire Football Show and I am your host, Ashley Edwards, and we'll see you next week.